Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly a part of the Chairshot Media Group, but no longer on Smartinet because that is now dead and buried. Uh, I am Mags and with me today, uh, the very Welsh and definitely not Princess of Wales, Mr Paul Talley. Paul, how are you? <laughs> I feel very good, yeah. Sadly, not related to the Princess of Wales. You could be the Princess of Wales if you well, really wanted to. It's a vacant post, a, isn't it? Get yourself a frock. Yeah. Well, no, is Camilla not essentially the Prince of Wales? Maybe she is. I don't know. I thought she was like Duchess of uh, Cornwall you, or something or other. Have, have you guys not like accepted her? No. After, after <laughs> Diana, it's a bit of a come down. No more. Charles, him, Charles himself is a stretch too far. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just waiting for William to take over the reins. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, yeah, uh, excited for this episode. One of our very, very favourite people in not only in podcasting but in in wrestling, Twitter, and life in general. Uh, our our and for the first time we can say this, our chair shot teammate Paul. Yeah, it feels like an age since he was on last. I know. It, I think it was about episode. Seven, something like that, I want to say. Uh, is why we watch episode was like episode 15. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the outsider's edge himself, Mr. Ray Cash. Ray, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, but I, I have questions. I want to know <laughs> Does the royal family like, do they put names in a hat for countries? <laughs> so, like, you know what? You're my third son, so you get, you get. Wales, or you get Northern Ireland. Like, how do they do that? I think Wales goes to the firstborn child. So when Charles becomes king, William will become uh, Prince of Wales. I'm, I think that's how it goes. You you uh, do know the the queen gonna outlive Charles, right? Like she's gonna be she's gonna live to be like 120 before Charles gets it. Oh, I, I doubt. Her mum was what 102, wasn't she? Yeah. Queen yeah. Mother. Uh, I, I honestly think Charles will instantly abdicate. You think so? Yeah, I think, I, think, wow. I think he knows that he's getting on himself, and I think he'll just pass it straight on to William. Well, it might not, because if you've waited such a long time, you do want to like, kind of enjoy the fact that you're the, the king of the world, I suppose. Maybe he'll do, it, do a six-month gig. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> a short reign. Just a little a world tour. Run. A trial run, yeah. You know how you get a car and you just ride it around for like five minutes? A trial run. Yeah. 
Uh, take it from SummerSlam to say Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the gigsy till the end of the season. Oh. <laughs> Giggsy would have a do on uh, on Camilla without a doubt. <laughs> One more question, real quick: Is there a prince or a duke of the Black Country? <laughs> yeah, he's called Bomber Dave Mastiff. <laughs> okay, that's got to be someone quite low down. That's that's got to be like um, who's the rugby player? Oh, Zara Phillips. It's Zara Phillips. Um, I don't husband. think she plays rugby. I think she's the the horse girl. Yeah, she's, she's the horse girl. She's half, no, she's half human, half, half horse. horse. Yeah, not. I mean, there's a horse, obviously. But <laughs> who's she married to? I've forgotten his name. But my God, the horse girl. What is? I can't even remember. Oh. I'm sorry I've ruined the show already. My bad. Oh, this this is the off the rails. This is absolutely off the rails. Um, as, as soon as you test us on knowledge that means anything, we're screwed. Let's go back to wrestling. So Zara Phillips. I know who he is as well, and it's going to annoy me when I... Mike Tyndall. That's it. She's called yeah. Zara Tyndall, isn't she now? Yeah. Is she? Lord Zara, well, Princess Zara Tyndall, I assume. Well done. Great use of knowledge there, Paul. I'm not afraid none of this stuff, but okay. Yeah, good job. <laughs> they're, def- but, they're definitely the prince and princess of the black country. Which is a title that no one really wants. <laughs> and <Really. Sorry. laughs> yeah, it's a very it's that's like the 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 kind of like bust on the wheel of fortune with uh spinning it. Yeah, you've ended up with the black country. <laughs> Why is it called the black country? It's dark. It's not cold, <laughs> is it? No. Uh because it's known mainly now for apples and cider. No idea. I don't know if the Badlands listeners are coming here for that historical uh, <laughs> historical lessons. Like, why is the black country called the black country? The Mount Rushmore of why are things called other things? I think we should do. Why are you joking? That's, that's going to be a hell of a podcast. <laughs> Oh, wow. So let's actually get back to some order. Um, Ray, you've been on the show before many, many, many moons ago, so we can't add your picks of uh, wrestlers to the, the collator Mount Rushmore. Um, so being uh, being the that we're all New Japan fans here, I thought it would be fun to uh, to go over the, the, the Mount Rushmore of New Japan foreigners or New Japan guardians, people who are... Uh, we really stand out to you about um, in the foreign contingency of New Japan. So, so have you got have you got one, Paul? As well, have you picked some New Japan gaijins? I've got one, yet. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to do? Rance first, then you, Paul, then then me. Yeah. Okay, go for it, Ray. Okay. Um, I feel like two are unmistakable, right? I think two well, we probably yes. all have. Yeah, you know that's right. I, I got to remember the show I'm on because it's very possible not the case. Um, <laughs> it's very. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. Let's just. <laughs> so uh, the two that I have that I think we all should have are Vader and Stan Hansen. Okay, one out of two ain't bad. All right, we're <laughs> off to a rousing start. <laughs> I don't think Paul's got either of those. Well, well, mine's, like, mine's a very modern one because I because I I I'm not I don't know much about the history of New Japan, so I've, I've got neither of those. 
That's a good point. <laughs> so I do. one out of four. <laughs> one <laughs> out of four. Wow. So I, okay, so I do have a modern guy. Mm-hmm. And that's Fergal DeVitt, Prince of DeVitt. Okay. And my fourth is I struggled with this because I wanted to go with young Kenneth. Um, I thought about even for a second Hulk Hogan. I thought about it. I hated too, but Hogan he was he got huge in Japan, right? Yep. Thought about Andre. I thought about Foley. I even thought about Jeff Jarrett. And the reason why that sounds hilarious, but the reason why it's relevant is because Tali's loved new version of New Japan is not possible if Jarrett doesn't get put in the Bullet Club and bring and bring Wrestle Kingdom to pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes that sense. Start of the modern era. So, like, that was the one Global Force show that's ever existed. <laughs> before, before we turned it into a gold scam. Basically, uh, it's a pyramid scheme, like, literally. Yeah. Um, but no, I went with Bruiser Brody as my fourth. So, like, three old guys and a new dude. Um, I don't think these new cats have done enough to be in the all-time discussion. Omega's the one that you could argue, but I think what David did for damn near a decade supersedes what Omega did towards the tail end of his career. You make a lot of sense. Uh, I've got some new dudes in mind, but uh, I'll, I'll let Paul go through his first and we'll rip him to bits and then we'll go through mine. Yeah, well, mine's... Go to I, I... No, he's Japanese, so never <laughs> I can't do a Mount Rushmore of the greatest of all time because I, I don't have that knowledge on, on New Japan. So mine is very much Mount Rushmore of my time watching New Japan. So As I've it got... should be. It's subjective like that. Yeah. So I've got Kenny. I've got Kenny Omega because he's the guy who brought me into it. Um, I think he was even on my original Mount Rushmore, if mm-hmm. I remember rightly. He was. Probably wouldn't be now, but at the, when we when we recorded episode one, he was on my Rushmore. Um, but then so was uh, Captain Lou, so that really doesn't speak well. I, I still stick with that one. Just, I'm a big fan of putting on people who made something <laughs> happen, even if they even if they weren't good. Like you just said about Jeff Jarrett, he made something happen. Yeah, Captain Lou Albano it, made something happen. Ca- Captain Lou to the business. Captain yeah. Lou yeah. Jarrett. Captain Lou, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> hey, to Captain Lou's credit, he was the real life Super Mario. So, I mean, there's that. You don't get a better role than that, do you? No, do, do, no that's do, get much better. Do, 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 if you ever watched the show, he's so exacerbated with having to run. He's just like, screw this. It's great. He was on LSD <laughs> filming that show. He has to be on LSD. It was brilliant. <laughs> okay, sorry, show. man. Similar vein, I've gone for the Young Bucks. I'm two for one offer. I'm, I'm lumping them together because they won. I, God knows how many, one ta- how many tag titles they won in New um, Japan, but it was loads. It was loads. It was loads. Then I've gone for Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. Because, in my opinion, he's just one of the greatest wrestlers at, at this moment in time. And certainly a, a very unique wrestler, I think. Um, talk about Zack Sabre and finally Jay White oh controversial I mean I've, I've, I think I've not really been enjoying New Japan this year and I, f- I, I think I've nailed it down to 
his absence. But think... he's, he's back for the G1. I know. Yeah, very exciting. So, I mean, they're great picks. They are all all incredibly talented wrestlers. I think my issue with JY and, and Zach is that their careers have got so much longer to go that I think they've got so many more kind of uh, accolades that they're going to collect. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. To the the JY point, he did make his re-debut in the Dome against Tanahashi. Yeah. And he did did win the World Championship within, like, three months. So, Mm -hmm. to give him credit, like, oh, not three months. Well, it may have been a year, but you know what I mean. Like, he got the world title very fast. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great pick. I, I, I think he's going to be one of the the very best uh, foreign uh, wrestlers in China, and I think he's he's loyal to the company as well, which is a, which is a great thing. Um, yeah. I always go back to the po- point because uh, I, I you know I always like to brag about going to Wrestle Kingdom. I get I fit it in wherever I can. <laughs> Strong army, even when we're talking but, about something else. <laughs> <laughs> that the atmosphere in there when he beat Okada in thirteen minutes, like I. It's one of the most sensational feelings I've ever felt in wrestling. Just dead silence, pin drop. And tutting, a lot of tutting. A lot of tutting. And I thought, I thought it was amazing that he could do that. <laughs> it's a, a great Mount Rushmore. So let's go to the, the actual Mount Rushmore, the, the correct answer. Um, I've gone with Vader. I agree with Vader. I think uh, what he did as a as a, a foreigner was... It's it's so far it's been unsurpassed. He was the longest ever uh, reigning foreigner as, as IWGP uh, champion, three times champion. Uh, won the the tags with Bam Bam Bigelow, which is a a team that you would never want to mess with. <laughs> Next, I've uh, I've gone same as as Paul, uh, the Young Bucks. I think what they did for tag wrestling, especially Western tag wrestling in New Japan is unparalleled uh, and they did win a lot of tag titles, they won seven junior tag titles, they won the never six men's three times and they won the the, the heavyweight tag titles as well so uh, a lot of rain to them I've, I need uh, you have the snaps yeah, well, you know me, I don't mess about when I'm, uh, when I'm uh, researching I've actually gone for another tag team for my uh, third pick, I've gone for and this will this will pluck at uh, Ray's heartstrings. I've gone for Gorillas. Had to put them in uh, three time um, open weight um, six man champions um, with uh, three for Tanga and four for for Tama. Six time uh, IWGP Tag Team Champions, which is a joint record with uh, Ten Cause, which I actually didn't know that they had, they shared the record with. Uh, but yeah, ain't nobody better than Gorilla. Um, nobody realer. Better, realer, smarter, faster, harder, stronger. <laughs> well done, Sam. <laughs> and then the last one is the the one I went well out of the box with. Um, so this guy is a two-time tag team champion, with uh, once with Hercules Hernandez, and the other one, amazingly, with... Uh, Tony Holm, who you'll probably know better as Ludwig Borger. Uh, he also won the G1 Tag League with uh, with the great Muta. And he's also a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, my fourth pick is Scott Norton. Thunder Norton. Look at mm-hmm. that. It's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Really underrated. 
Yeah, uh, I don't think he got kind of the the due he should have got in in the West, but definitely in 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 Japan they absolutely adored him. So Big. yeah, that's, that's my that's my four. Good Rushmore. It's your boy Rez, aka Ray Cash from the Outsiders Edge. I'm here with my brother Kyle, and we just want to shout out the Badlands Podcast. Check it out, the Mount Rushmore of podcasting. You have Darren, Mags, you have Paul Tolly. Check them out, Chairshot Radio Network. Come out every week. Give them a listen. Check them out. They're a great show, y'all. If you haven't heard them before, it's a lot of fun. It's an awesome show. We're big fans here at The Edge. And check out all the other shows here at The Chair Shot where you can always use your head. And if you don't like that, we don't give a fuck. Thanks for listening. So let's get on to this main topic. And it's one that... Uh, that Ray was not happy with because he had to go on and kind of research his picks. Um, Maybe more, sir. So we have, have gone with the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who excelled in other sports, uh, but with the kind of influx of MMA and UFC, we excluded that because we thought it was a little bit too easy. Uh, just before we start, I actually was doing my research. I thought... I should have excluded another sport as well. We should have excluded uh, American football because so many and so many wrestlers have played American football. It's unreal. I, I got four football players. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I set myself my own little rule. I I um I disqualified amateur wrestlers. Yeah, okay, like I, so, like Angle. Yeah, because I thought Kurt Angle was obvious and. I wanted to be a bit more interested in that. So I thought, and a lot of them have been amateur wrestlers as well. So I, I discounted amateur wrestlers. Yeah, I think I did that kind of subconsciously. I, I, I avoided footballers uh, like the plague because I knew I messed up by not can by not like eliminating them. And also, I was the same. I, I avoided the the amateur wrestlers. Uh, I'm quite happy with my picks, uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to them. Let's start with you, though, Ray. Uh, who's your first pick on your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers that have excelled in other sports? I'm sitting there still trying to figure out how many guys you could find that didn't play football. That is amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that they, they, they didn't have kind of like runs in football, uh, but they, they excelled in other sports as well. So basically his list is going to be Hercules Hernandez. <laughs> Uh, Giant Gonzalez, Kevin Nash, all basketball. No, okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with kind of a joke pick, but if you look at like his outside of wrestling career, it is the best pick. Uh, it's Steve Mongo McMichael. I know he's become a joke in recent years because of how interesting he was in the ring, for lack of a better term. Uh, shout out to the to the Twitter. Uh, to the Twitter account that has all the gifts of what he does in the ring that Here makes no comes sense. Mongo. That's a great Twitter account. <laughs> is <really> the greatest. <laughs> I just I, I just scroll down sometimes for hours just laughing. Um, <laughs> but Steve Mongo McMichael was a full-time starter. Had a full career, but a full-time starter on what's consistently looked at as the greatest football team of all time, the 85 Bears. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something to be said. Like, to be not only on that team, but to be a starter, you know, like, and you saw him wear his ring to the, where his uh, championship ring 
when he would wrestle or and he had, and his gear was basically like a black version of what they wore like that wasn't a gimmick like that man was like really made of rust and metal and iron and CTE and all those things so um yeah I got to go with Monga Monga McMichael first I I realize his his football career was <laughs> much better than his wrestling career but that was the discussion no, I mean, his wrestling career doesn't have to be quality, but he still was a four horseman. I mean, that's something to put on your resume. This is a good point. And he was, he, and he was, was, you know what? I'd be curious to see. Was the Flair, Benoit, uh, Mongo, inner fourth guy, whether you're talking Malenko or Henning or Arn for the last few years, was that version of the four horsemen together longer than the four horsemen of original or because like I don't know the the, the time periods. That's a, I'm curious. That'd be actually interesting to find out to see which is that the longest uh, serving like group of horsemen. I think I know what I'm gonna do for. Never mind, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, Next week on the Outsiders Edge, who was the best four horsemen? <laughs> for me to do that, that would that would constitute me doing research, sir. No. Um, can we go number two? You ready for number two, or are we gonna? You oh, want to go around? No, no, first? no, no, no. Well, it's uh, well, I think it's Paul next. Is it you this first this week, Paul? I've got it my is. vetoes ready. Yeah. Okay. Right. So taking taking into account kind of the rule the rules we had, not going for UFC, I banned myself from amateur wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tell, you, tell you what, I struggled with. I don't understand. I don't understand American sport. So I don't, I don't know what or British sport, or British sport sport in general. (laughs) But I I don't know what the pinnacle is. Like, I guess the the NFL is the pinnacle of football, right? Sure. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, there's a lot of people that had great legendary college careers that just for some reason didn't. Roman Reigns is a really, really great college player. Just couldn't make it work in pros because he was hurt. Okay. So so if you if you're a good college player, you're still a great player. Yeah. Because I thought about like cricket here. If you play for a university, that doesn't really that don't mean a lot. <laughs> so I choose the same principle. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I struggled with my research. Um, what, what am I even talking about? Um, I, don't, I don't think you know what you're talking about. This is another what is a McMahon moment, isn't it? Right. Let's just get, let's just get on with it. Um. I went for Mark Henry. That's mm, good. That's, that's a, a great, great pick. pick. So uh, why why do you think that he didn't reach the pinnacle? Because he's one of my picks, I'll tell you now, and it was probably going to be my number, maybe number two pick. That's uh, why. That's why I said I don't know what I'm talking about because he he did reach. <laughs> I think he did reach the pinnacle. I the was, absolute pinnacle. I think I was trying to explain why I discounted a lot of people. Oh, okay. So I think I, uh, there might be a load of people who had great college football careers who I've discounted because I didn't understand college football was was quite a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, uh, why did you pick Mark Henry? Which is why I, I, it led me to look at other avenues and I looked at Mark Henry. I picked Mark Henry, um, two-time Olympian mm-hmm. in 1992 and 1996. Um, amazing powerlifting career. Um I, I, I didn't know this, but he's the, he's the world record holder 
for um, drug-free athletes in squat and deadlift and a five-lift combined mm-hmm. um, com- five-lift combined uh, discipline. Yep. So he's a current world world record holder, and uh, you know he set those a long time ago. And and is the the record by a long, long by way. By a long There's way, yeah. Nobody close to him. Yeah. Really, so he's can, I, can I tell you a cool Mark Henry story about that? Definitely. Um, you know, he has the gimmick, the world's strongest man. Yeah. And we all know there was a period between 96 and when he started to get it around 2005-ish. It just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so there was a point where this is in his documentary on the network. Where that Vince was like, "Look, you need if you really the world's strongest man, you need to go to the world's strongest man competition and win. And if you don't get if you don't get first, you are fired." Well, that man went and got first place like by a long shot. Mm-hmm. So, like the world's strongest man is not a gimmick; it's real. Yeah, and I and I thought it was a gimmick. I I knew he was I knew he was an Olympic powerlifter and he was very very strong, but um. But like I said, I wasn't aware of that he had world records, and I wasn't aware that he'd won. Um, I think it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, the first one. The first, first one. Yeah, he won a hammer. He <laughs> still grabs that now, does he? Yeah. Um, and uh, and looking at it, I mean, he, he was injured in '96, wasn't he, in in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and finished uh, was it 13 for 14 in that competition? But who uh, who knows if he wasn't injured, maybe Kurt Angle wouldn't be the only Olympic gold medalist in. I think he was the favourite as well for yeah. for a lot of the a lot of the disciplines, and it was the back injury that that cost him the the title. And even at the '92 Olympics, he finished tenth, but he was nineteen years old. Nineteen. Oh, was it's it unreal? That's the other thing that blew me away. Is he signed? I thought he was quite old when he signed for WWE. Not like, not not ancient, but I thought he was probably in his thirties. He wasn't. He was he's twenty three. Mm-hmm. Twenty three when he signed for WWE, and you know, he's spent his entire career at WWE, quarter of a century. Of just he's never been out of contract. He's always been under contract for WWE in 25, 25 years. It's phenomenal. Um, and I think over that time he's proved himself to be really, really versatile, really entertaining. I mean, I think he could do anything, and he is just—he's a great person to have on on the WWE roster. Um. His first appearance was SummerSlam '96. Well, his first contracted appearance. He did appear brief, briefly before that in a in a skit with Jerry the King Lawler. But he appeared at SummerSlam '96 when he saved Jake the Snake from a humiliation at the hands of Jerry Lawler, and kind of then from there he went on and lived off his kind of American hero credentials for a while before then joining the Nation of Domination, which was just a great, great stable. Um, during a great time of like stable warfare, still I always put that down as one of my favourite times in. Yeah, I in loved WWE. that era. Yeah, I loved it. I'd I'd love to see a bit of stable warfare again. And then obviously he went on after after that after that um, very serious gimmick to <laughs> not so serious gimmick of sexual chocolate. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> where. Um, he, well, he one was of the greatest ri- gimmicks ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's originally a sex addict, um, and uh, I was cured of his sex addiction by the Godfather, who was a pimp. So I, don't, I can't quite work that one out. <laughs> oh, you're you're missing out some of the best details, though. He was with China. Yeah. He cheated on China with a transvestite. Yeah. He went to one therapy session where he. Claimed he lost his virginity to his sister, 
when he was eight years old and he'd only just slept with his sister two days before the therapy session. This guy was an animal. He was an addict. You, you, you can't judge addiction. <laughs> and then he knocked up the legitimately 75-year-old, at the time, May Young, and became a daddy yeah. to a hand. To a hand. To a hand. Yeah. And who didn't get emotional at, um, at the hand reappearing at Raw? Was it Raw 25th, 25th year anniversary of Raw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, only 12 years later, but yeah, he was a full-grown man with a beard and glasses. Yeah. But the amazing thing about Mark Henry was, uh, after all that, and, and you know, everyone kind of thought... Um, I guess he, he, he they they miss, missed the opportunity with Mark Henry and kind of he was just always going to be this this mid card guy until for his career and there's no harm in that but um, he could have done better things. Then just an amazing heel turn mm-hmm. when he introduced us to the Hall of Pain and the um, salmon jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the salmon jacket that came later. Left more in a tank. That, that came later. <laughs> um, and he did win his world. And he did win his world heavyweight championship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, which is amazing because, like I say, I, I think a lot of people thought that was never going to come. And then, yeah, you've just alluded to it there. One of probably the best moments in WWE history: the the fake retirement speech. Um, where he said he was coming home, really emotional speech. It was so fantastically well done. And then turned the little hug with John Cena into a world's strongest slam and uh, proclaimed he had plenty more in the tank. <laughs> and now he still works for WWE and he's a Hall of Famer. And I, I, was, I was reading on Wikipedia, apparently he's, he's um, in charge of like the, the behavior of WWE talent. It's almost he's like, he's like, I think he's like a big brother. It's, it's, I don't, yeah. it's, it's, it's a name for it, but it's, he's not a coach, but he's almost like the guy that helps you acquiesce to the road or acquiesce to the, mm-hmm. to the lifestyle, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. So I think for that, for that career, I think Mark Henry, um, serves to be up there. Agreed. Yep. And I'm not going to veto it because it's it's absolutely should be up there. Um, what a phenomenal career from being one of the the youngest world record holders in weightlifting. And the most interesting thing when I was researching um, researching Mark Henry was the way he switched from powerlifting to actual weightlifting. Uh, now it, to the layman, it looks like it's pretty much the same thing, but. Uh, powerlifting is literally about brute strength and, and just raw power where weightlifting is a lot of uh, kind of agility, uh, timing, flexibility and the greatest powerlifters in the world struggle to, to kind of come to terms with the, the technique you need for weightlifting and there's only a handful of, of people who have been able to successfully transition and they take years and years. Mark Henry was breaking weightlifting records Within eight months of of picking up the 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 sports, just the guy is an absolute athletic phenomenon. Sure is. So it's a great pick, and it's definitely not getting vetoed. So uh, let's go back to you, Ray, for for your second. So I just want you to know, I've changed one of my picks while you were talking. So 
Because Paul went on such a rant that you had plenty of time to do something. <laughs> he went out and got an encyclopedia. We didn't even have to look on his phone. You need... <laughs> I would have gotten a car and drove down to the library real quick. <laughs> Visited the guy. You've got a great encyclopedia if you, if you want me to send it to you. I use it for every show. <laughs> Without fail. <laughs> it might take a while to get here, but sure, send it on. Um, uh, so... I'm going to save my surprise pick for last. So I'm going to go with my next pick. And we joked about me picking this guy um, in our chat we had. It's not Bill. Is it, it's Bill Goldberg. It is not Bill Goldberg. Oh. It's Ron Simmons. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was the goon then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, no, I'm not. I'm not that. I want to take this somewhat seriously. <laughs> um, no, Ron Simmons, man. Ron Simmons. Uh. I don't have his stats. I can Google it while I'm looking, but uh, you know, I know you guys have all your stats in front of you and full research and whatnot. Uh, But uh, Ron Simmons is in the college football hall of fame. He is in the Florida state ring of honor. Ron Simmons is one of the greatest nose tackles to ever play college football, you know? So I, for what he was able to do, Ron Simmons was so good that they used to say his gimmick, his gimmick uh, when he got to the, to the main roster was he was a former Heisman Trophy winner. Now, if you know football in college football, defensive players don't win Heisman Trophy winners, mm-hmm. don't win Heisman Trophies. So that was the thing of he was that good that he won it at a position where nobody wins it. Um, and then, I mean, first ever, first ever uh, African-American world champion, you know, a ton of great highlights and career and um and career moments. Leader of both iterations of the nation domination is the guy that kind of big was a big brother to The Rock and Mark Henry, who you just spoke of, and Godfather Dilo, who all went to do great things on their own. APA, Hall of Famer. I mean, Ron Simmons is a man. I, yeah. I don't. I've, I don't know anybody who has one negative thing to say about Ron Simmons, and if you do, then he'll probably beat your ass. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's, you know. it's a it's a great pick. Absolutely, is a great pick. And someone who can get one word over as a gimmick is just an absolute wrestling legend. It's a genius. Uh, it. But um, the thing uh, going back to his football career. The thing that that stands out about him, and if you if you remember those old school kind of WWF, uh, don't try this at home um, vignettes, he mentions it in that uh, his his number was retired at Florida State. I think he was only the the third person in the history of Florida State to have their number retired, uh, number fifty. So yeah, absolutely a footballing legend. Great pick. For those of you who don't know. About I know you know about the retiring jerseys maybe uh, across the pond, but Florida State University as a football powerhouse is one of the preeminent football schools in the country. So for him to have his jersey retired at that university, yeah, do with something else, man. And to put context on retiring numbers, um. Here in Britain, a, a footballer recently had his number retired. A guy called Jude Bellingham um, played for a team called Birmingham. He only ever played, I think, thirty games. He was eighteen years old, and they retired his number. He's uh, 
absolutely no reason why, and he, he's ended up going to Germany to play football. But yeah, that shows how ridiculous we are in terms of retiring numbers and how how important it actually means in in uh, in the US. I've, I've never even heard of him. Jude Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, not Ron Simmons. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise with me, but. But yeah, Drew Bellman's uh, number, I think he was number 18 at Birmingham, has been retired and they got a lot of uh, grief on Twitter about it. Oh, Birmingham City? Yeah, Birmingham City. In the black country? (laughs) (laughs) Fowl's hometown. I need someone to send me a map of England and like circle where the black country is. I'm going to send you one where it's got where I live, where Paul lives, (laughs) A circle and then arrows to where the black country is. It's not. It's not going to change the perception, sir. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ron Simmons is a great second pick. Uh, let's go for man. Then so you took Mark Henry, which is a, a solid pick, Paul. Uh, I'm going to go with Alan James, and I'm I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to go with Corge, um, better known as Buffalo Allen. Bad news, Alan. Or if you are, if you're a WWF fan, bad news Brown. Okay, there uh, we go. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm glad you were confused to that point as well. I... <laughs> yeah. So bad news actually came to wrestling incredibly late. Uh, didn't actually start till he was 34, which at the time was was a shock. And he was trained by Antonio Inoki, which I did not know. Um, Spent about 15 years uh, having many short runs in, in New Japan whilst kind of working the, the American independence at the time. Um, he had a very, very short run with the WWWF uh, until he, he eventually found like a long-term home in, in Stampede Wrestling with Stu Hart. Uh, but in early 1988, he returned to uh, the McMahon's, uh, which was then the WWF. Uh, and this is where he kind of... Uh, he lived up to his most famous character, Bad News Brown. Now, uh, remembering uh, Bad News, if you uh, if you were a fan at that time, uh, the the wrestling business was kind of very much peels versus babyfaces. If you were either a virtuous babyface who the crowd absolutely loved, or you were a monster heel or a cowardly heel, and there was no kind of grey area. Uh, Bad News Brown was the blueprint for a, a tweener. He was, he wasn't a full-on heel, but he certainly wasn't a babyface. He was, he was the kind of guy that that carved their own path. Uh, when in that time you would come to like matches like Survivor Series, and you would have heel matches, heel teams versus face teams. Bad news on the heel teams walked out on both the times he was in Survivor Series, walked out on his team to just show he doesn't he doesn't team with anybody. He rides alone. He ended up leaving uh, the company after SummerSlam 1990 because uh, Vince had had promised him that he would be made the first black uh, world champion and Vince reneged on this. Um, But obviously we're not here to really discuss his his wrestling uh, prowess. We're talking about what other sport he excelled in and this I did not know until researching it. He was was a... He excelled in judo. Uh, another um, kind of martial art. Uh, he started training uh, under a guy called Jerome McKee uh, when he saw a poster on the New York City subway and he was uh, 15 years old. 
he uh, began his uh, his his career in uh, judo at actually 22 and started like um, started entering tournaments. Uh, and within seven months, uh, he placed first in the Chicago Invitational as a white belt. Uh, he eventually earned his his black belt in just two and a half years, and after five years, he was actually a third dan black belt, which is it's unheard of. That that takes decades to get to. Uh, so the 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 amateur athletic union uh, trophies that he won, he won in sixty six, sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy. And 75, uh, he won the Open Divisions as well in, in uh, 1970. He competed in the Pan American Games, winning gold in heavyweight in 67 and 75. Uh, when he uh, uh, he won the, the trophies in 1970, he re- relocated back to Japan for a couple of years, uh, where he went to uh, university majoring in judo, which is I didn't even know was a thing, that you could actually go on and uh, get a, a degree in judo. Um in 72, he suffered a, a severe knee injury during the Olympic trials, which meant he was unable to, to qualify for those Olympics. Uh, but as soon as he got uh, got the ability, ability back in, in his uh, knees, he was training for the 76 uh, Olympics. Uh, and he was actually excluded from the Olympics team initially until there was a, a class action lawsuit filed against the team uh, by the United States Judo Association. And he was reinstated onto the team and won an Olympic bronze medal. Uh, he was the first ever African-American to win a solo Olympic Games medal in a sport that was not boxing or track and field. Uh, he eventually retired from competitive judo following those Olympics because he was uh, frustrated about the, the politics and and having uh, to, to deal with all that. Um, and he actually went on to be a bodyguard for... Aretha Franklin before he uh, before he ended up turning his hand to the world of professional wrestling. So yeah, my my first pick is going to be Bad News Brown. Question: Okay, does a, does Aretha Franklin really need a bodyguard? Well, got to put a bit of respect on it. <laughs> did he um, Aretha Franklin? Uh, didn't she open a WrestleMania once? She did. Yeah. Was that was that due to a connection with him or? Maybe. No, that was in Detroit. That was WrestleMania three, and she's she's a Motown person, so there was a Motown connection. Okay, she may um, have brought him in. Maybe so. By the way, give away. Yeah, tell me he doesn't have what the dopest name for a finisher in history: the Ghetto Blaster. Yep, amazing. I didn't know that. That's a good name. And yes. also, this guy was shit on by uh, Andre the Giant when he did a. a, a a slam off this off the second rope, and he was the, actually the only person to uh, to square up to Andre. I mean, Andre was 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 obviously loved, but also feared. And he uh, heard Andre say something racist, and he got up and said, "When we get off this bus, I'm I'm going to kick your ass." Before that bus came to its stop, Andre apologized to Bad News Brown. Wow, that's respect. Oh, yeah. that's I mean, from that time frame as well, uh, that's absolutely amazing how respected he was. So, yeah, bad news, Brown. Does he stay on, Paul? No, it's a great pick. He, he sold he sold it to me there. I, did, I wasn't aware of any of that. Um, but no, I won't be vetoing. Okay. Nice. It's been a while since you vetoed. It is. I'm, I'm getting a very itchy veto trigger. Yeah, I think I might incur it next. 
we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's go to let's go to Ray for his third pick, though. Let me uh, dwell on whether I'm going to veto. I, by the way, I love both of you. I love the first two picks. Like the Mark Henry one, I expected, but the Badgers Brown one completely threw me for a loop. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. Very um, much. You know, maybe I should have taken this research a little more seriously because you out here bringing up dudes from the seventies and stuff. And my so my third pick is worthy because he has an accolade that I don't think many people have. He wasn't particularly great as a position or great at his secondary sport, but he did something I don't I can't remember any other professional outside of the purview of wrestling doing. This man played and contributed in a Super Bowl game, and they lost, but like he played a part in a Super Bowl. In America, the Super Bowl, the, the, in some households, the, the, the calendar revolves around the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> that is the biggest societal the, thing we have. It's the WrestleMania of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. We'll <laughs> go with that. Um, so this man played for the Buffalo Bills, played for the New England Patriots, and the reason he left the Bills to go to the Patriots is because he was trying to get signed to WWE. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I I was trying to look up. I was trying to look up people that not only did I, not only I enjoyed, and not only would I know nobody else would pick. But I also wanted to find people that accomplished things that nobody else would accomplish because, like, I could have said The Rock, who had a great college career, Roman, mm-hmm. or things like that. JBL had a really good college career, right? But uh, I went with Money Brown, the alpha male. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, so yeah, the his his career with the Buffalo Bills, uh, playing in a Super Bowl, contributing, being a major special teams contributor, um, and you know, and if you watched his wrestling career, he created, which is now one of the most popular moves in the business because it was a football move, the pounce. Mm-hmm. I don't have the lungs to scream it like he screams it, but you know, nonetheless, um, so yeah. Uh, and I love Monty Brown. Come come back to us, Monty, please. Uh, but that is my third pick. I know it's fairly weak compared to you guys bringing out, like, receipts and encyclopedias and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think it is something to say that this man contributed and played in a, in a major Super Bowl. Because, remember, the Bills went, well, you, I don't know if you guys are American football fans, but the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls in a row. One, two, three, four. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. in any sport to go to the championship four years in a row. And they lost all four years. Oh, that's so, a killer. Oh, it's, oh. It, yeah. It's bad. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Money Brown. Another outstanding pick. I absolutely loved him in TNA. I thought uh, it was absolutely outstanding. And then when he signed for WWE, 
I expected him to be a huge star because he was so, so good in TNA and then they lumbered him with Marcus Corvan and then he ended up in the, the ECW, uh, WWE versus ECW. Yeah, what a waste in WWE. He could have been huge. Uh, but yeah, great pick. Yeah, brilliant pick. I, di- I didn't know anyone had, uh, had, uh, contributed, con- had played in the, the Super Bowl. Um, well, I feel better. Thank Thank you for making me feel See, better. Bring in the knowledge. Bring in the knowledge. To I specifically looked for that towards uh, in my searches, idiots. and it didn't come up. So, <laughs> so Paul, what am I vetoing? I mean, what's your what's your second pick? Well, I've also I've also gone for gone for someone who perhaps didn't have the the greatest wrestling career, but um, achieved something no one else ever has. Um. But he, I say he doesn't have a great wrestling career. He, he was unbeaten in wrestling, or is unbeaten in wrestling, just as he's unbeaten in boxing. And that is Tyson Fury. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You were right. This is getting vetoed. <laughs> right. Tyson Fury qualifies. He's, he's, he's taken part in a WWE match, um, which he won against Braun Strowman. By time this, by time this episode goes out, he may well have had another match against Drew McIntyre, or there might be one against Drew McIntyre on the cards. Um, I assume they're building to that. Um, yeah. Have you not seen the videos he's put on Twitter? I've seen Tyson's videos, and I've seen Where Drew he's, responding. He's, walk, he's walking around Edinburgh, and and Drew <laughs> is like, I'm from Air, which is yeah. like, nowhere near Edinburgh. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely... It's- Tyson's like, where are you? Why are you not here? He's like, it's a pandemic. I can't get back. Just... <laughs> But it's definitely going to happen, right? It's got to, yeah. Yeah. And he got paid something, $15 million or something for the first for his first match and had like one of the best wrestling entrances there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just was classic. I got to give you that. But, I don't think there's ever been more. He had more pyro in his entrance than most pay-per-views have had. <laughs> it was amazing. It's $15 million for him and $10 million for the pyro. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, I mean... The category is, is 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 wrestlers who excelled in their sport, and he, he was the. You have to help me out here, Max. I think you know more about boxing than me. I don't think he was quite the undisputed world champion, was he? No, the he was. It was. He was the, the undisputed he, world champion. He has been the undisputed world champion. Yeah, and, and he he's, got, the, he's the current lineal. Yep, yeah, my current lineal. That's when he beat. Um, that's when he beat Klitschko in 2015. Mm-hmm. And obviously, after that, he 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 struggled with a, a number of demons, mental health, and substance abuse, and got stripped of all those. And say what you like about Tyson Fury, I think he's a I think he's a massive inspiration. Yeah. Um, he was on the he was on the floor. He was. Uh, I mean, his, his weight was 27 stone. Mm-hmm. He was on top of the world and had his title stripped from him. And he could have just given it up there and not done anything about it. But, I mean, he trained like no one's ever trained before and <laughs> got back into shape, got back into the ring and uh, took on Deontay Wilder. And uh, what have we got here? 20... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. The Google 27 <laughs> got... stones. Stones don't mean shit to people in America. Sorry about that. <laughs> for, for, us, for us Yanks, that's 378 pounds. There you go. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot came back took on Deontay Wilder obviously the only blemish on his record is that draw that um, was somewhat controversial um, with Deontay but again he came back and he beat him and he's now the uh, he's the, you know, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world 
and looks likely, as well as taking on Drew McIntyre sometime in the future, looks very likely to be taking on Anthony Joshua for, again, well, all, all the goals. Perhaps. Perhaps. perhaps uh, if they know, can sort it out. I know Deontay has got a clause in his contract that he gets a he can get a, a, a rematch whether he wants to because he's essentially lost to him twice. Um, we'll see. But yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a phenomenal boxer. A once-in-a-generation boxer. He's, he's, he's unreal. I, I love. I, I don't even watch boxing much, but I love watching. I love watching Tyson Fury. I love watching everything about him. His interviews, any documentary that's on him. I love he's watching. A him. He's an absolute he caricature. Uh, and I know there's a. It's quite a. There's quite a split in the wrestling community about. A lot of people say they don't want Tyson Fury there, because um, he makes a mockery of wrestling. He's not a wrestler, etc. I love. I'd love to see him more involved just because he is such a massive star. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you said, he's a character and seeing him but, go toe to toe with Drew <laughs> trading barbs would be brilliant. I also think he cares about it. Like a lot of these guys come in as a payday. Like he cares about this because oh, he's, he's, he's about to fight Anthony Joshua, who is he's fought Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, the best fighters of this generation. Right. And all he's doing is promoting his WWE stuff. <laughs> You know, like he's he's not getting paid to walk around Edinburgh and all these places and look for Drew. He's doing that on his own. So, like, he cares about this. Of course. He's a huge fan. And it's a great pick. Uh, His wrestling career, it's it's hardly stellar. He's undefeated. (laughs) He's undefeated. That is very, very true. Uh, And... He, he doesn't live that far away from me. He's only from Manchester, so I am gonna probably risk him knocking on my door and 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 chinning me. Uh, he ain't in. <laughs> yeah. He's coming through. Uh, but I'm gonna veto. I have to veto. Surely I have to veto. He's only fought once in the WWE. He's I a, have to veto. He's still a. He's still a WWE wrestler. Yeah, I yeah I agree, but. Yeah, he's getting name, name me anyone who's got a higher pinnacle than than he's got. One and know? Did you talk about? I mean, Snooky, Rob Van Dam's <laughs> four and all at WrestleManias. Uh, but yeah, he's getting vetoed. I've got to veto him. I've got to. Uh, and the person who I'm going to veto him with, well, it's bad news. I've got some bad news for you. I'm vetoing him with Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade Barrett. I don't know what sport you, he was uh, in you, either, so I'm interested. You are, such a, you are such a fighting fan. Like, <laughs> you are such a fighting fan. Well, so let's let's just do a quick rundown of Stu's uh, wrestling career. Um, obviously, part of one of the hottest angles in wrestling in recent memory, possibly in 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 history because the what could have happened with the nexus could could have changed the wrestling world as we knew it uh he was obviously the leader of that um he uh, got super senior obviously and that 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 kind of ended he went on to kind of do a cheap imitation of the nexus with the core uh trying to kind of revisit those hearts uh, but he would have inadvertently become uh, a face uh, when he uh, transitioned into Bad News Barrett. Uh, when that that catchphrase of "I've got some bad news for you," absolutely got over, and it's brilliant. I love hearing it. It's so so fun. It was a uh, 2015 King of the Ring 
when he became King Barrett, part of uh, the League of Nations with uh, Seamus, Alberto Del Rio and Miro. Now, uh, obviously, we know him as Rusev, but now called Miro. Uh, but he was eventually kicked from that group uh, when he was called the weak link, uh, got beat up, and that was his last time that he ever wrestled for WWE. Uh, he rejected uh, a new deal, went to the indie scene uh, for uh, in uh, WCPW and was the, the, the head coach, or he was the, the president of Defiant, he uh, starred on World of Sport, Lucha Underground, uh, and then the NWA, but now he's back uh, with NXT after replacing Mauro Ronello. Uh, but in terms of uh, other sports, he's actually very, very unorthodox. In his early 20s, uh, when he was living in Liverpool, he entered the world of bare-knuckle and unlicensed boxing. So whilst in this sport, he quickly got a reputation where he would travel Europe pretty much and uh, and far anywhere where there was uh, cash and glory involved. And he, he ended up with an infamous fight in Budapest, which uh, the bare-knuckle boxing community called the Battle of Buda. Uh, but that this match, whilst he won and won a, a significant cash, cash prize, this actually brought the end to his uh, his boxing career, well, his unlicensed boxing career, because after the show, he went, he went to look for a taxi to the airport and he was attacked in an alleyway uh, where he was stabbed uh, by someone who obviously wanted to steal his prize money. Uh, according to Stu himself, the the, the assailant uh, came off the worst and he, he absolutely beat the, the living piss out of the assailant, uh, but he ended up with a 12-inch scar, which uh, if you've seen uh, promo pictures of him, it goes all the way from like his rib cage all the way up his right arm and on, onto the top of his tricep. Now, when he signed for, for WWE and he was put in FCW, it was actually Dusty Rhodes what told him to lean into the, the character of, uh, of this bare-knuckle boxer. Um, but he only really got a little bit of a show, and I think it was only mentioned uh, maybe a couple of times on the main roster uh whilst he was feuding with Chris Jericho, but obviously then he, he went to become the leader of the Nexus. Um, and fun fact, the movie Wasteland that he, he starred in was actually named after one of his uh, his bare-knuckle boxing uh, locations. So, yeah, my, my pick to replace Tarson Fury is Wade Barrett. There you go. Well... I, I can't. I can't say I'm happy about Tyson Fury being taken off. Um, but it, I, I, again, I didn't know that about Wade Barrett, and it's, it's good to have him on. And I, one, one of my biggest mark out moments, if you like, while watching wrestling, was noticing that Wade Barrett had a tattoo that said "Culture, Alienation, Boredom, and Despair," which is a Manic Street Preachers quote. Mm-hmm. And I remember <laughs> rewinding. Is that is that a Manic Street Preachers tattoo? And then he instantly became your favourite wrestler ever. Instantly became a fave. And the Manic said they'd do him a, a entrance music if he wanted it. Apparently he passed it over to WWE's music division and nothing happened. Shock. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good choice. Okay, thank you. Uh... I, I, I appreciate that you replaced the boxer with a boxer. I appreciate that. that. I appreciate the synergy of that. We may not be finished in in the the boxing world just yet, but really? let's let's go to you for your to round yours off, Rick, uh, for your fourth pick. So I feel like I'm about to let you down because my fourth pick is 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 a great pick, 
Listen, well, you're not going to bring up Tyson Fury. You can't let us down. The bar's been set very low. <laughs> fair enough. Um, fair enough. All right. So I got Monty Brown. I got Mongo McMichael. I got Ron Simmons. I had to go back and redo my fourth because you guys just were coming with too much heat. So I I, I came up with the with the young man. He was not young. He's old now, but um, he's a Hall of Famer in both sports, wrestling and and uh, the sport he 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 excelled in. He also is one of the biggest draws in professional wrestling history. He also is one of the most controversial figures in professional wrestling history and his sport. And he also is one of the catalysts of helping WCW overcome WWE. I picked Dennis Rodman. Oh. Now, I did not know you were going there. I thought I thought this was this was Bill Goldberg. Well, this he's actually jumped the shark and he's gone for Bill Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I had Goldberg written down. I did, and the reason he's he's why he's I replaced uh, him with Rodman. I had Goldberg written down because Goldberg had a decent. He played in, in the pros, like in two pro leagues, and he had he's he's practiced judo and Muay Thai and a lot of fight, martial fighting arts too. But Dennis Rodman, man, Dennis Rodman's only had three WCW matches, right? But he's he's wrestled in Australia and he wrestled for Hulk Hogan's whatever they called it thing, right? Uh, but this well, first of all, in his professional career, like what he's a two-time defensive player of the year, multiple-time uh, all-defensive first team, rebounding champion for like seven, eight, nine years in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play that didn't need to score a basketball. In fact, some people think he's the greatest basketball player ever who did who didn't need to score. Like he's one of the few basketball players in history that you have to game plan for, but not because he can score the rock. So that unparalleled with what he did on on the basketball court. This man would would literally leave a, a like a, a NBA finals game and like skip practice to go show up on Nitro. <laughs> like he loves, loved and still loves professional wrestling. And you cannot deny that when the NWO was made in 96, Bash in the Beach 97 when Rodman came and he had the first encounter with uh, Hogan against Luger and the Giant. You cannot like discount the buzz that that got and how huge it was that not only Rodman being the force of nature that he is, but Rodman winning the championship and then directly going to a pay-per-view, right? The things that it did for WCW in terms of their business. Also, the NWO being this counter-culture group that is so supposed to be so different and so sectioned off, sequestered off from regular professional wrestling and good old boy at WCW doing their own thing, to get the most counterculture person in the bit, like, the only other person that could have got this more counterculture than Rodman is Marilyn Manson. Like, you can't go no further than what Rodman was in 95, 96, 97, 98. 
So not only him choosing to wrestle, but him choosing to be an active part of the NWO, him choosing to show up to multiple Nitros, him choosing to be a part of the business, not to show up for a paycheck, but to be a part of the business. And then coming back in 97 and having the match against Karl Malone with Paige, who they had just played each other in the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? So, like, what he did for that company, what he did for the business, I mean, it, it, those are two of the highest-grossing pay-per-view buy rates we've ever seen. Yeah. And Hogan is a draw, we know that. I think we've, we've realized that in WCW, in certain situations, Paige is a draw. We've seen that. That's Dennis Rodman, bro. That is Dennis Rodman. And he took... He took on the challenge to actually care about the product. Is he technically sound? No. Is he Zack Sabre Jr.? Absolutely not. But he can wrestle a legitimately competent match. And so, you know, from a, I, I, like, you, I like to be different. You know that about me. You know I, I like to do things different and not stay on the path. I like to go on the beaten path. Um, but Rodman, man, Rodman is a Hall of Famer in both regards and for those of you who didn't see that, I know the three of us are old here on the show. For those of you who missed that, go back. They did a WWE, um, uh, is it Untold? Mm-hmm. About Rodman and what he, and him being on the show, him being at WCW, what that meant. Go relive that and realize how huge that was. They did angles on the Tonight Show. So that's like if someone went on Graham, what's my man, Graham Norton? Norton? That's like if two wrestlers went on Graham Norton. Like if, if so imagine if, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody that would be relevant. Um, imagine if, if I know they're persona non grata right now, but imagine if Will Ospreay in four years ago was on Graham Norton and Marty Scurll came and beat the hell out of him on Graham Norton and then beat up Graham Norton. Imagine how big that would be in the UK. That's what it was here for them to have that fight on the Tonight Show and nobody knew it was scripted. So, yeah. I think, if, it, I think if Marty Scurll did that, it'd get him off his nuns charges. <laughs> I did say four years ago, sir. <laughs> but yes, it's... it's yeah, that those two are... Tough to talk about now, but yeah, you mm-hmm. get the point. We had, um, I remember on uh, Piers Morgan's, it was a Good Morning Britain. I think, uh, who who fought on that? Was it Shah Samuels and, I can't, I can't remember. Was, was it the the um, the superhero guy who we talked about not so long ago? Just, Justin Sazen. I'm sure they had a fight on Piers, Piers Morgan's show. Not quite, that's not quite Dennis Rodman on... On Letterman, yeah, I know, it's, but... it's absolutely <laughs> not quite that. Shout out to Shah Samuels, though. Shout out to Shah Samuels. Yeah, I love Shah Samuels. Um, was Dennis Rodman involved in that North Korean pay-per-view? I believe so, yeah. I think he went over there. The conflict in Korea, whatever it was called, combat in Korea. Yeah, I yeah, thought I he was, because he's still mates with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Kim, Kim Jong-un. Jong-un or something, isn't yeah. he? He apparently visits him on the reg. Well, it, it's hilarious to think about the fact that of all the, the, the of all the diplomats we have in the country, and then NATO, and then the UN, it's Dennis Rodman who saved us from nuclear war. <laughs> Literally, that's not a joke. That's not me being facetious. 
that's not hyper hyperbole. Literally, Dennis Rodman's friendship with Kim Jong-un, because Kim Jong-un is a basketball fan and loves the Bulls, has helped us not go to war. That's crazy. It's a solid, solid pick. It's not one that even entered my my mindset. But, yeah, uh, if you think back to all the people who were in the NWO, all, all that, the, the, the celebrities... It got to the point of ridicule sometimes, uh, but he was definitely one who put eyes on the product. And he, like I said, he was involved in some of the the biggest selling pay-per-views of all time on the back of his name. So, yeah, it it definitely stands. It it makes more sense than Tyson Fury, anyway. I know know you guys, I think you, I'm pretty sure you guys have done it, but didn't you do a a, a Badlands, Mount Rushmore of greatest NWO members? Oh, I don't think that we have. No, no, we haven't. If you want it, you've got a choice of of topic at the end of the show. Yeah, that, you <laughs> may, you may have telegraphed what you're going to pick now. Okay, well there, you, uh, look, there you go. Hey, so let's let's potentially round my. I, I, I was off, Paul. Um, I said uh, that we were sticking in the world of boxing, and uh, we are. It's uh, my last pick is Mark Miro. Now. Uh, you uh, you'll remember Mark Miro, uh, the wrestler in in WWF, uh, or you'll remember him as Johnny B. Bad in uh, TNA and WCW. Um, when he actually came to WWF in the first place, he was actually known as the Wild Man Mark Miro, uh, with uh, who was kind of using the same kind of the, a variation on the Johnny B. Bad gimmick. Uh, but he he got a lot more success when he kind of leaned into his real life uh, talents as a boxer. Started coming into the ring in uh, boxing gloves, uh, boots, wraps, shorts, uh, and a robe, and has uh, brought his own valet uh, in terms of uh, his wife, Sable. Or his wife at the time, Sable. Uh, he didn't really reach the the hearts of, of the main title scenes in WWF or even in uh, WCW, uh, but he was a, I think, three-time WCW television champion, one-time uh, WF in Intercontinental Championship, and if it wasn't for him, Sable wouldn't have been introduced to the world of wrestling, and uh, obviously she wouldn't have then been the huge star that, that she became. Uh, the greatest and, contribution he ever gave to the business was Sable. Yes, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and now she's uh she's with uh, Brock Lesnar, which is just an amazing pairing. Uh, but going on to the 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 actual sports that uh, that Mark. Uh, took part in. He started actually playing football in his uh, senior year at Liverpool High School, uh, and he and his team ended up winning the New York State uh, Public High School Athletic Association title, which I would not have wanted to to carve onto the trophy because that's a long ass title. Um, <laughs> and he was actually looking to go to uh, the University of Central Florida to uh, on a on a sports scholarship. Uh, but in that same year, he uh, he met up with a, a a Golden Gloves coach called Ray Rinaldi and started training as a boxer. Uh, he would eventually win four New York State titles, uh, including the New York Golden Gloves tournament three years in a row. So when you uh when you when you see on 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 the vignettes that he was a Golden Gloves champion. It's not. It's not hyperbole. He actually was three years in a row something that has never been done before or since. Um, he had full intentions of becoming a professional uh, boxer, but his career was uh, sidelined when he uh, 
he had a, a nose break in an accident. Uh, he briefly pursued a, a bodybuilding career, uh, and I think he ended up placing third in the New York State bodybuilding contest. Uh, but that's when he uh, he turned his talents to wrestling and became Johnny B. Bad. Uh, quickly signed up to WCW, was uh, one of the hottest uh, wrestlers in terms of, um, of uh, crowd reaction, and then uh, eventually signed for for. WWF. Uh, after leaving wrestling, he's become kind of like a um, um, a motivational speaker. Now he's uh, he's found he's found God, and yeah, he's uh, he goes touring around the country uh, doing motivational speeches. So yeah, my last pick is Mark Miro. So you, so you said your your exact words were Tyson Fury was a once in a lifetime boxer, and you vetoed him. <laughs> And you put on another boxer. Yeah, but the difference is, whilst Tyson Fury eclipsed everything that Mark Miro has achieved in boxing, Mark Miro has eclipsed everything that Tyson Fury has achieved in wrestling. Mark, Mark Miro was a legit wrestler. Mark, I mean, have you seen him do the do his shooting star press? Mm-hmm. And Mark Miro, like, is a champion in multiple promotions. Wrestled for over a decade. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Tyson Fury wrestled for yeah. a day. So. I'm going to veto. Two of them in the same day. I'll I'll take your champion in multiple promotions and give, I'll give you a champion in multiple promotions. I'll give you Mr. Big Van Vader. Okay. Leon White. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Multiple. He's won titles everywhere. Three, three times. I mean, we talked about him in the, uh, in the New Japan Gaijin at the front of the show. Um, but f- three times WCW heavyweight champion, three times IWGP heavyweight champion, two times AJPW, um, triple crown, triple crown heavyweight champion. And, you know, he had a, he had a decent, decent ish career in WF as well with a couple of notable title shots against, uh, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 96 and a Canadian stampede. One of, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time against the undertaker um and you have to you, you have to forgive me because like i said i don't know a lot about american football and i gather he didn't i'm not even sure if he played a game in the nfl but he was part of a team he got drafted into a team that did make the super bowl and uh <laughs> and, ha- and has a ring for winning the uh the division that comes before the super bowl <laughs> um I mean, you got to be you got to be good to to get in a super in a NFL team, right? Yeah, to be drafted, you have to yeah. be really good. But I, but I know he was like really good. He went to the University of Colorado. He was offensive lineman. He was second team All American. Um, he was drafted by the Rams in the third round, which back then they had like seventeen rounds. So that's yeah. really good. Um, yeah, but he didn't play because he um he he, he broke his kneecap. So Green injured. Yeah, so he's that's, most of the guys who left football to come to the, to the, to wrestling, they got hurt. So yeah, so of of that of that Rams team, he's basically the Harry Kewell of Liverpool's Champions League winning team. It says here that he was the starting offensive linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl twenty three. Leon White, Big Van Vader. Yep. So I think so. Oh, that might, that's a different Leon Watt. It's a totally different <laughs> Leon Watt. <laughs> Brilliant. 
a whole differently on what scratch that and that's getting edited but yeah but, um, but what a wrestling career Vader had like yeah. oh, one, yes. of, one of the best big guys ever um, arguably the best yeah. arguably the best one of the best heels ever just mm-hmm. a legit badass uh, he caused he caused a riot in sumo hall he wrestled on with his eyeball popped out like just carry on That's I mean, crazy. He's, he's amazing he's a he's just a legit hard man he's the oh, he was he's yeah. the guy that ripped off mcfoley's ear yeah the rocks in germany yeah I'm talking about Mick Foley. He's been in great feuds, like you said, with Stan Stan Hansen, with uh, his feuds with Sting, his feuds with uh, Cactus Jack. Um, even his feud with Kane in WWE was 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 a really good feud. Um, he he was he's he's a really uh, yeah, he's just just a fantastic wrestling career. He was the first um, going back. He was the first Gaijin IWGB champion, if you don't count Hulk Hogan with the the original belt. Um, which is impressive in itself. And, uh, yeah. Um, Peter. Pick. Pick. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I am. He, uh, he also got locked up for a couple of weeks in the Middle East when he uh, beat up a TV reporter who was saying that wrestling was fake. Really? Whilst yeah. The Undertaker was in the same... Honestly, look that video up on YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. This, <laughs> this interviewer... Is kind of like questioning Undertaker, saying, "Oh, it's fake, this in it." And Taker's there, just sat there taking it, and you could see Vader bubbling, and he's getting angry and angry, and he just goes <laughs> smack, cleans this reporter <laughs> out. He goes, "Does that look fake?" Wrecks the gaff, and Undertaker don't move, don't move a muscle. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's a brilliant video. Um, I, I fear played to him as well. Like, you remember um, Osprey and Ricochet when mm-hmm. their match kind of blew up. Their, their best of Super Juniors match blew out. Oh, yeah. Vader was outspoken about it. Vader actually had a match with Will Ospreay in Rev Pro. And it was to... a good match as well. Yeah, yeah decent match. Yeah. And and similarly, when he came back in uh, Heath Slater's brilliant run-up to Raw 1000, he came back and uh, fought Heath Slater in a, a little squash there, which was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, it's a, a great pick. It's a great Vitor. Um, going back to his uh, IWGP heavyweight title uh, uh, runs, I mentioned that it was the the, the longest ever reign by a foreigner. Uh, uh, he actually held the title for 374 days, and that's 94 days longer than the second-placed uh, guardian wrestler, which was Brock. And it's 171 behind the third, uh, in front of the third place, uh, which is Kenny Omega. So, yeah. yeah, the guy is just a phenomenon. And Brock was only because he ran away with the title, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty. You took it out of my mouth. <laughs> Brock just wouldn't come back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a great veto. I love it. Can 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 I can I say something that I just thought about? Your your no. pick of okay. Right. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> Your pick of Mark Merrill made me think about a guy that all three of us ignored, and I feel like because of his character, all of wrestling Twitter and wrestling fan bases don't give enough credit for. for excuse me. That's Baron Corbin. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, three drafted NFL, three years in NFL, was a regional Gold Gloves champion, and and was in the quarterfinals of the National Gold Gloves. Was a grappling champion, like. 
we don't give enough. We don't put enough respect on Baron Corbin's name. I, I like the four that you guys picked, but I just thought about that when you mentioned Mark Merrow about Golden Gloves champions. So yeah, but yeah, good. I, Good four. I like the four we got. I mean, I know he gets a lot of uh, grief just Baron Corbin, but I actually think he's an amazing uh, 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 his character work. He's got people to hate him, and that's that's his job. And he's got two of the probably the best moves in wrestling with uh, with the end of days and and the deep six. I think they're just phenomenal moves. Yeah, I really I like Baron Corbin. Yeah. I, I think Baron Corbin would have been a solid pick. Absolutely would have been a solid pick. Uh, but I think we got two pretty decent Mount Rushmore's there from one pretty much all football and one <laughs> one actually delving into other sports. Uh, but... no, y'all, y'all, y'all's killed mine. It's not even close. It's cool. It's cool. It's all good. It, I it's... mean, fans, Tyson Fury, like, great job. <laughs> It's been great fun. Um, but what we need from you now, Ray, is, uh, and I think you've already alluded to it, but it's a, a topic for a future guest. Uh, what kind of NWO Mount Rushmore do you want to hear about? <laughs> I want to do the greatest NWO members that weren't the original three. Oh, Ooh, good like caveat. That. Good caveat. So can't pick Hogan. And I'm talking about managers either, so Bishop doesn't count. DBS doesn't count. I'm talking about wrestlers. You can't pick Hogan. You can't pick Hall. You can't pick Nash. So that's the one. That's what I want to pick. I want to see that. It's Virgil. Virgil's number one all day. I mean, Virgil took all the heat, right? Virgil took all the bumps. Yeah. That that's a that's a solid solid uh, because there was uh, obviously NWA Japan NWA Japan as well. Um, so you could have a. Uh, could have the great Muta was brought in for NWO. Chono. NWO Sting. That was a quality act. That's, that's a hero, Chono. Yeah, Chono. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of guys. Oh, they had like 30 people at one point, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, but l- let the Badlands listeners know uh, where they can get out of you on social media, where they can find the, the quality content that you put out. Well, you can find me at DEJ Kirkby. No, I love that. I love that gimmick. <laughs> that gimmick has spread the world. I've, I, every podcast I've been on recently, I've pulled that gimmick from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in Dollars. Of course, Outsider's Edge, at Outsider's Edge CS. Though, at the dude that got the Outsider's Edge handle, Mags will, in fact, no, Tali will send you a best of, of Tyson Fury's WWE career. We'll put it on DVD. <laughs> we'll send it to you if you give me the handle. That file is small enough that it could probably email it you. It can as an attachment. It's just the no. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's got to be a DVD so it's collective. It's got to be. You got to be able to put it. In, it, it you got to put it in his. It is you know in his drawer somewhere as a collective. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Outsiders Edge, Three Man Weave. You know, Black Lives Matter. So that's big here. Um, yeah, uh, always a pleasure to be on with you boys. I'm. Sorry, we don't do it more often, but you know I'm at home for a while, so we can do this more. Yes, please. We need to get Tolly on Outsiders Edge. That's that's the, that's the goal. 
that is the goal to get Talion outside his edge. You let me know when you're ready and when you want, and I will put you on anytime you want. And that's I'd love to get on outside his edge. Standing invitation for both of you guys. You don't even I don't even have to ask. Just say, hey man, what you doing? You're on instantly. Well, let's let's get it sorted, Paul. Let's let's do it. What are we waiting for? Well, we're waiting for you to do an outro, which oh. is gonna take a long while. With pleasure. <laughs> should, I, should I go get like a drink or something, or we good? Well, you might not want to go anywhere because it, it's usually comedy genius when Paul uh, fluffs the outro. <laughs> I think that, that's, I think it's it's the uh, added pressure of you guys being here. So if you both want to go make a drink, and I'll just no, no, <laughs> I'll just do I'm, the outro myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stare blankly into my webcam on purpose. <laughs> uh, no, no, come on now. I can close my eyes. I can't close my eyes because I've got a script. <laughs> oh, no, the glasses are off. <laughs> that was that was freaky. How, how dare you? How dare you, Tolly? <laughs> Why? Thanks for listening, everyone. Um No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be tranquilo. I've got I've got this. Tranquilo, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, uh come and let us know kind of who's Mount Rushmore you thought you thought took it tonight. Let these guys know that that Tyson Fury veto was ridiculous, especially as as I said, when this goes out, he probably is WWE champion. I will love it if when this episode goes out, he's beaten Drew McIntyre. <laughs> wow, that would be amazing. And when that happens, you can find you can find Darren at Dej Kirkby, DJ Kirkby, and give him all the all the stick you like. What a um, snitch! <laughs> you can listen to his fine selection of podcasts as well. We've got, and again, I'm gonna have to ask the good man to help me out here because there's so many now. We've there's got not so many. Five Rounds Pod, which is Correct. available on Visionaries Global Network and and Cheer Shot. And Cheer Shot. Yeah, and shooting the sports ish. And, and what? <laughs> you are the best podcast wife a man could have. It's a it's a new actual real sport based network. There you go. Do you want to give? Do you want to give out the handle for that? At shooting sports SS, I think. Uh, basically, it's a. Uh, Anthony from formerly of Smart to Death, he got uh, disillusioned with the wrestling world. Uh, realized he was spending more time having fun with proper sport, and uh, he's gathered a, a great team of uh, of different kind of content creators in in sport. And yeah, I was uh, very pleased for him to to offer five rounds to another platform to put out the content. So yeah, uh, I think the first, obviously, this episode is. Uh, going to be way out in the future like six weeks from now but uh the first episode will actually drop this sunday so uh yeah look out for that it's at shooting sports ss i think uh but yeah it's on my twitter anyway if you if you go on onto daj kirby you'll you'll find the link for it yeah so, you'll find five rounds pod there could you find radio techers there you can also find radio techers there there you go uh where else is radio techers <laughs> Visionaries Global Media. That's Visionaries Global as well. You've got talk at the table. Well, it, listen, I was on View from the Top Rope last night, and I 
quash this rumour that I have the, all these podcasts. That is a Matt Willis production. I just turn up. But you're a regular. Uh, yeah, well, I'm re- as clockwork. So if, you, if you're a regular, it's one of it's, it's, it's your podcast, isn't it? No, no. Yeah. If you don't edit it, it's not your podcast. <laughs> I don't know. When I think of, when I think of Badlands, I think of Tally. So I'm just saying. Oh, he's just, he's just made himself perfectly clear. Tally is replaceable. No. <laughs> Irreplaceable, I mean. Yeah, when I, but when, I, when I disappeared for five months, he couldn't find a replacement. I didn't want to replace it. That was like heaven. It was like, yes, I can I can now mould Badlands into an image. It can make sense. <laughs> you no. you noticed while you were gone he got a logo. He did. <laughs> I, I did notice the podcast had gone up in the world whilst I was away. And then now it's back down in the doldrums. <laughs> No, it's 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 glad to have you back. I I can't say that enough. Uh, like this week's Wow We Watch what that got released, it was cool to have you back. You're the heart and soul of this show. Thank you. I I don't as I said I don't agree, but thank you very much. Um, you can find me the heart and soul of Badlands. <laughs> also on um, Five Nerds Go. Um, follow us at Five Nerds Go or type Five Nerds Go into uh, podcast engine of choice, and. If you love this episode of Badlands and you love listening to the Badlands, we are out every Thursday on on uh, Cheershot Radio Network. And also, are we anywhere else at the moment? No. No? I, I do have why we watch, but, you know, you don't have to mention that. <laughs> no, because by the time this comes out, why we watch is gone, isn't it? Nobody knows that, so that's definitely getting out. <laughs> <laughs> Inside of baseball, guys. Jesus. He, he's got he's so. I, I, did you did you notice, Paul? At first, he was complaining about people saying he had so many podcasts. Then you left one out, and he was like, "Nope, mention yeah. that one too." It's yeah. rocking a hard place. It's an impossible job. Win. This he can't win. And he wonders why he couldn't find anyone to fill my shoes while I was away. No one would work with him. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Put the feelers out. Got nothing back. Right, let's get this over and done with. <laughs> and you can find more hard-hitting pro wrestling opinion analysis news and more over on thecheershot.com. Um, as I said, you can find us, Badlands, every single week, every Thursday. Look out for it. Stay safe and always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.